Woody Guthrie Center and Bob Dylan Center present Fire in Little Africa, a multimedia hip-hop project inspired by the resilience of Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And now, coming at you live from Greenwood, here are your hosts, Ali Shaw and Doc Free. Welcome to the Fire in Little Africa podcast. I am yes, one of your yes. co-hosts. I am one of your co-hosts, Ali Shaw. And, and by my side is... I'm Dr. Freeman. I was like getting anxious because like I'm just glad to see you again. And it's another, another week, another day, and we're doing another great interview with another great Tulsa person, great Tulsa leader. Absolutely. Uh, she holds a very special place in all of our hearts, I do believe. Uh, this is the episode where we get to talk to talk Dr. Tiffany Crutcher. Welcome yes. to the show. Welcome. They say we get things done better than a man. They say the future's female, but we've been standing here. Day and idolize the lies, trading self worth for a, a silicone frame. I put the woe in one mind. There's nothing you can say to take it away from me. I put the woe in one mind. You see, I run this world deep down. I do believe I put the woe in one mind. Sometimes it gets hard. Hi, Doc. Hi, Allie. How's it going? It's going really well. It's good to see you. Good to hear your voice. Thank yes. you so much. I just got back from D.C. Was honored to uh, be at the 57th March on Washington at the Lincoln Memorial. So, uh, man, it was everything. It was everything. I wanted to ask you, how did that feel to stand on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial where MLK and John Lewis, countless others stood uh, yeah, well, was it, that was, like? it was surreal, you know, um, I never thought that I would be on those steps fighting for some of the same things and uh, to stand right next to Martin Luther King III, um, it, it made it even more surreal. So um, a powerful moment and was really honored to represent uh, uh, not just the city of Tulsa, uh, but the entire state of Oklahoma. Absolutely. So let me give you a proper introduction. We always want to make sure that we do that. Dr. Proper, Tiffany, proper. very proper. Uh, Dr. Tiffany Crutcher is an attorney and community leader who served as campaign manager for the Greg Robinson mayoral campaign. Dr. Crutcher also founded the Terrence Crutcher Foundation after her twin brother was murdered by Tulsa police and coming up about four years ago now in September of 2016. Um, so... Dr. Crutcher, um, let's just start, if we may, with the Greg Robinson campaign. Uh, we had spoken to him a couple of days before he before he announced that he was even running for mayor. So I was super excited. Like we had no idea, you know. We just talked no to idea. the potential Tulsa City Mayor. What is going on? You know. <laughs> well, well. So. Let me before we get started, Ali. Let me just uh, clarify. Um, I'm not an attorney. Uh, okay. So many people think that I am an attorney because I've been thrusted into this 
social justice space and I had to learn okay. uh, uh, about these laws and how to fight these laws. So I would consider myself a bootleg attorney. <laughs> so I was about to say, maybe you just don't have the paper to prove it. <laughs> yeah, my, my mother said I missed my calling, but uh, I am a healthcare professional. I have a clinical doctorate in physical rehab and uh, have my own private practice back in Alabama. Uh, I actually went on a leave of absence back in December of 2018. Um, been practicing for close to 20 years, but I felt like this movement, this space needed me more, this fight needed me more. And so just want to just bring some clarity, but uh, I do get calls all the time of uh, of people thinking that that I'm an attorney, so. Okay. Or rather a, a justice advocate, a strong justice advocate. Absolutely, absolutely. But to answer your question, yeah, Greg was on your your, your podcast a few days before uh, he announced. And, and to be quite honest, he didn't know he was running at that time. Uh, wow. We, Yeah, uh, of course, you all know I've worked with Greg for the last four years. He came back home to Tulsa. I came back home to Tulsa after Terrence was killed. And, and uh, you know, I was on the front line. And lo and behold, Greg Robinson showed up because that's just who he is. I, I knew he right. would, would show up. And so um, I started uh sharing with him my vision for for our community for north tulsa for this city and uh, he took a notepad out of his back pocket and started taking notes and that's when i knew he was special that's when i knew he was humble um and that's when i knew that i i that this guy was going to be something amazing um for our community um fast forward um we made a lot of progress uh, as it related to uh, police and reform um i helped uh, with the Met Cares Foundation. I serve on the board of directors. Um, he's on the Terrence Crutcher Foundation board of directors. And mm -hmm. um, we were just hand in glove working, making it happen. If I was out there on the front lines, I knew Greg was going to be out there. But it got to a point, Doc, in Alley, where I was getting weary. Um, mm -hmm. Because after Betty Shelby was acquitted for killing my twin, I made a promise, a vow to, to, to the world that I would not rest until I transformed Tulsa's policing department uh, and, and policing across this, this nation. Um, and, and so we were at City Hall um, every single week. The first year, uh, it, it, my theme was from pain to purpose. You know, I had to pick myself up off the ground um, after the acquittal, and I started the Terrence Crutcher Foundation because uh, I didn't want Terrence's name to die. Um, second year, the theme was make them hear you. And that's when I started galvanizing, organizing, uh, mobilizing individuals who cared about justice. And we were at City Hall every single week. I was in Alabama at the time, but I was calling saying, hey, here are my talking points. I need you at that podium. Greg was always there. He was one of those people every single week. And, and then the third year, um, we looked back over the last three years and there was our journey to justice. And um, um, the mayor kept ignoring us, you know, he promised us things and then he would flip flop uh, and mm -hmm. we were getting attacked by the FOP and I was getting death threats, but I couldn't rest and I had to stay on the front line. And so <clears throat> George Floyd, he's killed and we've had so many deaths since Terrence and it re-triggered me in a major way, in a severe way, where for the first time um, I elicited a, a, a physical reaction um, to the killing, um, to the video. And I try my best not to look at these videos. I haven't even watched Terrence, Terrence's video all the way through because I just don't want that visual in my head. And, 
And I knew that we needed to 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 get on ground, and that's when we, you know, went and shut down the interstate there on Brookside, and right. And uh, we demanded a meeting with the mayor. Got the meeting with the mayor. The anniversary of the massacre um, forced him into some some agreements. We thought we were making some some positive change, just like a hundred years ago on June first when the smoke cleared. Um, I felt like that day, the smoke had cleared. You know, I was standing side by side with the police chief who I didn't want, even though he looked like me, I was standing side by side uh, with the mayor who said, we're gonna meet, we're gonna talk finally after four years of fighting and I was exhausted and Greg broke down and cried. And I mean, the next day or maybe two days later, this mayor goes on national TV, CBS Sunday morning news Mm -hmm. and he blames my twin brother for his death and said it wasn't about race in the middle uh, of global protests, not just national, but global. And to watch my parents sit there and, and listen to that on a Sunday morning before church, it, it broke me. It broke me. And I said, Greg, it's time to get this man out of here. And um, the night before filing deadline, um, Greg and I and a few other people, we were at a kitchen table. And to be honest, people don't know this story, but I was going to run. I had my application filled out. We had the flyers, Dr. Tiffany Crutcher for mayor. She runs for the mayor of the city that killed her twin brother. And I mean, we had it ready to go, press releases. But I knew that wasn't my role. I knew that I was still carrying a burden. I knew that we still had civil suits to go through. We still do. And I knew that I needed to be that community voice, that community leader. Um, And so... We were talking to a few other people. And finally, I just said, look, somebody get the courage to get on this ballot. Somebody get the courage. And guess who did it? Yeah. A, right. a man by the name of Greg Robinson. And we talked. We went around the, the, the world. He, he kept asking, why me, Dr. Crutcher? Why do you feel it should be me? And I simply said, why not you? Yeah. You know, why not you? And uh, just like David did, and it's Sunday, so I feel like like I can preach a little bit. You oh, know, of course. Mm-hmm. I hear <laughs> that. <laughs> the soapbox is polished, it's ready. Yes. Nobody would take on Goliath because everybody was scared. Nobody had the faith. Nobody had the belief. But here comes this short guy named David who, who said, I'll take on Goliath. And, and the haters mocked him. They said, you're too short. You're too small. You'll never slay this giant. And and David said, this giant is so big, I can't miss. And he slayed him. And so Greg saw an opportunity to change this community, to change this city, to do it for the the, the, the working class mothers in West Tulsa, the little black boys in North Tulsa, uh, the Latinx community over in East Tulsa. And he said that we refuse to continue to live in a city that only works for a select you and so he took the leap of faith and I owe him so much for doing that because he did it for my nephew he did it for my family he did it for justice and we call justice upward mobility for all and uh that's how it went down <laughs> and I said you know what Greg he asked me Dr. Crutcher will you run with me will you be with me this can't be about me it has to be about we and I said hey you know I'm gonna be with you every step of the way and I became senior campaign advisor <laughs> And when I saw that, I knew that the campaign was, uh, as a woman, you know, uh, not only just as a woman, but as a woman who has, we have witnessed your strength uh, for the last four years publicly. 
Um, and so when I saw that you were running the campaign and helping with all that, I thought, oh my gosh, yeah, this is a, this is going to be quite a team. Um, <laughs> and so if you don't mind, I'm, I'm going to backtrack just for a second um, because you touched on something that I personally want to ask you when you were saying you've never seen the full video um, of your brother being murdered. And, and one of the things that bothers me tremendously for humankind period are the images that are being shown over and over again, not only on the media, you know, you may have trigger warnings and things like that that, that are presented in the news, but you can't always control that with social media. And all I can ever think about is I'm not sharing any of these videos. I'm a media personality, but I'm not going to share that. You, you clearly already know about it. You can look it up yourself. Uh, but all I can think about is how it affects the family, how it may affect their loved ones. Um, I can't help but think about Terrence's children, you, your mother and father. Um, do you feel that it is still a necessary, it's a necessary evil, if you will, for the media and all of that to be out there? Um, do you feel that it has helped or hindered in that way, those images that are being repeated over and over? Uh, wow, um, you may be surprised that my answer is such a complex question. Um, it is a necessary evil. I will say that. I mean, if you look back to uh, the, the MLK days and civil rights movement, the only weapon we had was the media um, it, to expose uh, white supremacy and racism and racial terror violence. And so I do feel that it's necessary, but I will also caution people, especially white people, what's your motive? Why are you sharing it? You know, is it to get clicks? Is it to get likes? Um, I caution people to be sensitive um, to the black community because it not only affects my family and Terrence's children and my parents and families who've, who's dealt with police brutality or, or gun violence, uh, it affects black communities because we're the ones getting killed and shot. And so- um, It's a trauma trigger. It's, ex it's a trauma it's, trigger. Exactly, Doc. Take mm -hmm. your finger off of that trauma trigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I have people that send me the videos in my inbox message. Like, I want to see. I don't, I don't know what they're expecting or what reaction they're expecting. And so I'm very vigilant and very protective of, of my space and my Facebook and social media. But it was this one particular video that I accidentally hit click on because I didn't know. I just saw a young man running. It was the Ahmad Aubrey video. And I clicked on it and I was watching, didn't know what it was. And um, in the middle of a road, it reminded me of Terrence and I watched him get shot and it, it affected me in a severe way. And so I, I just don't pull up these videos and, and you know, I'm being more bold and, and asking people, please don't, please don't share. I don't wanna see them. Um, all I wanna do is fight for justice. All I wanna do is fight for policy change and for the laws to change to prevent police officers from committing legal murder um, because mm -hmm. they're sanctioned to do it. You know, they're sanctioned to do it. They, they, they know that they have qualified immunity, which is one of the major laws that I'm pushing to abolish. Um, they get away with murder and they can say those three words, I fear for my life or he looked like, or I thought he was reaching. Um, but, but they're never nervous when they see a little white boy like this, this guy who just shot two people I mean, people were screaming, saying, this guy just murdered two people. He's a double murderer. Why weren't the police officers scared or nervous about this guy 
actually walking around with the AK assault walking rifle. I was about to say an automatic weapon. It wasn't even a hand. Yeah. What made them so nervous about a black man reaching in a car for, for because they thought they didn't know what was in there. And even if it was a knife, there were four officers with their guns pointed. He brought a knife to a gunfight. You couldn't right. apprehend. So uh, the double standard is, is major. It's major. And we can 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 bring up so many of these cases, you know, like Dylan Ruth after he shot up the black church in South Carolina, they took him to Burger King. Right. Well, I think, sorry. sorry. I was just going to say, I, I think of you, I, I wonder, you know, what it's like for you in those quiet moments while you're not only dealing with your own grief, but you're holding the weight of an entire community. And now, Dr. Crutcher, it's not just Tulsa. You know, there's so many other people who have within our nation who are looking at you. And so it's, I think, you know, what I, the things I would like to know about you, if you, if you feel like sharing is, you know, how do you, what is your self care? Do you feel that you've healed in some way? Um, it sounds like you're setting your good boundaries now with, please don't send that video to me, you know, but what, what is your, are you doing a lot of self care and um, I'll be transparent, Allie. I don't do a good job at self-care. Um, a lot of times when people, you know, our, our white allies, our friends, they get to go home, they get to go on vacation. I don't get the opportunity to do that so much. And I need to do better. Um, I do have a great community of, 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 uh, of friends and uh, allies, my sorority sisters, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. AKA. Pink and green, pink and green. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, they push me, but they're, they swoop in like superheroes when, when I'm getting ready to do something big. So when I planned for Juneteenth, I led the Juneteenth uh, event in seven days. They got up from Dallas, from LA, and they swooped in and they made sure they were shoving water down my throat and that yes. they were managing my media. And so I, I have good friends to make sure I do that. I have to do it better, but I will say I do this one thing and I don't budge on it every morning about 4.30 or five o'clock, I get up and I work on my mindset, whether it's reading a book, whether it's reading a scripture or a devotion, or just praying or meditating, because I know that my thoughts are too toxic to get up and navigate this world. So I have to commit my thoughts to a higher power or, or, or something positive to help me flow through the day, um, or I won't make it, you know? Right. And so that's something that I do. I, I feed my mind and I starve my doubts and I work on my mental muscle, my mental toughness. And that's the only way I get through um, this hate, this bigotry, this racism, because I do get weary. Um, you know, I'm clinging on to hope, you know, um, every day. And so um, that's what I do, but I do have to do better. So keep pushing me, please. I, I well, love, and I'm, go ahead, doc. I I'll, say, I'll say, I love your commitment to solution orientation. It's like there, there's so many problems that we, we, we always regurgitate with. We know what the problems are, but I like how you're just driven to solutions and being oriented in a solution base. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank and you I'm, so I'm going to push you to schedule rest. <laughs> For sure. Um, I would love to see you go on a vacation and no one know where you are and you are able to relax. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Take my phone from me too. Maybe. Oh, I'll hold it for you. I'll hold your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to say, if I could have ever been in the AKA, that was that was always the one sorority that was like, oh, pink and green are my mother. Oh, that was my mother's wedding colors. I love those colors. You know? <laughs> so I, I'm glad that you have that strong support system 
uh, backing you, those sound like some tremendous, phenomenal women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm thanking them on your behalf. Um, I'm glad that they did that for you, especially with Juneteenth. It came together so fast. It was like, Super how did this fast. happen? And it was like one of the best Juneteenths that I can think of since like I saw Buckwheat Zygo go crazy on the washboard. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, Fire and Little Africa represented. Yeah, you all did. <laughs> that yeah, it, it was just a tremendous event. So despite going back to Greg's campaign and everything, despite the outcome of the election, and do you feel hopeful about the direction our city is? you know, heading in? Like, do you you think that we're on the right path now? Uh, Again, you know, everything rises and falls on leadership and you can always count on me to be honest um, with the mayor, with Mayor Bynum being reelected. I don't think anything will change. Um, uh, The reason why we ran was because of his poor, weak leadership. And so we're gonna have to keep doing what we've done the last four years and that's hold him accountable, that's push him. Um, and I don't think he likes accountability. And we love this city so much that, that we have a right to, to question and, 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 and critique. And again, if I have a booger in my nose, tell me I have a booger in my nose. Right? You know how many people you. will let you walk down the street <laughs> through your whole day, like, your homies, like this. strangers. <laughs> And then like, the one person uh, to tell you probably been looking at it for like a half hour and like, <laughs> you know what, I just gotta say something. I have but, to say, I had a moment like that with um, as a local politician. And I remember thinking, I don't wanna say it cause I, you know, so, different people react differently. But I remember <laughs> thinking, I cannot in good conscience let you walk out of here with that on your face. <laughs> like I cannot do it, so. Right, and so the, the fragility is so thick uh, within uh, yeah. GT Bynum and um, you know nothing changes we're going to keep doing the work we have so much work to do and if you look at the breakdown and the numbers and the precincts that that GT won and the precincts that Greg won um, the votes that were casted for us or other candidates uh, those votes simply were crying out that we want to be included you know we need change that we need change yeah, we need change. And so he got South Tulsa, some Midtown Tulsa, uh, the, the precincts that we felt he would get, but he also um, got some, some of the votes in North Tulsa and these other areas. And, um, you know, when you look at that, sometimes Greg, you know, I heard Greg is too young. He's never ran for office before. Um, but that's what it takes to, to kind of break down the establishment and do something different. Change requires changing. And if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. And, uh, you know, we, we said we wanted something different. And 1,300 votes would have forced him uh, into a runoff, just 1,300 votes. And if we would have got in a little earlier, Allie and Doc, oh, yeah. I truly believe that we could have covered some more ground because we were, we were high-stepping from the back. Yeah. Very much so. Like, every – like, since the announcement of the run, there's been several – key things that have happened in this town. And I watched how uh, Greg handled them. I watched how GT handled it, especially with the uh, killing of the officer um, out here in Tulsa uh, by like another white male. And I saw the release of the heartfelt words that I saw in Greg's press release uh, to that officer and their families. And then I saw how it handled on the other side. And I was just like, you, you gotta see that there's a difference in your choice, in your options. And I think mm-hmm. like, for me, like the whole run, like even though it came out with not a win, 
Tulsa knows now, surrounding yeah. areas know now, like there is another way, that there's another beacon that, that change can happen. Like That's we just gotta, we gotta focus our vote. Like the red, the red vote focuses their vote is the thing. Yeah, that's good, Doc. And I will say this about Greg, to his credit, um, he made sure that our campaign elevated our thinking, that we elevated right. the conversation that we led from the front and that we controlled the narrative and that we showed the leadership that, that this city needed in times like that. And so, um, you know, our hearts did go out, but, you know, it's never reciprocated. You know, little mm -hmm. Terrence Jr. Uh, told my dad, hey, I want to go put a teddy bear on the police officer's car because I know two little boys lost their dad. And, and that convicted me as an adult, you know? You know, that this convicted little, me just now, you saying you, that. You know what I mean? This little boy who lost his daddy to the police, you know, wanted to go and, and, and just empathize and love on those little boys who lost their father who was a police. And, you know, I had to commit my thoughts to a higher power because I'm like, you know what? They didn't do that for little Terrence, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and, and I had to check myself because at the end of the day, love always overrides hate. And, and that was a teachable moment for me and, and, and what Greg did. But he made sure that we stayed level-headed and that we always showed leadership and that we elevated the conversation. And if we did... If we did start some good trouble, it was strategic, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it was methodical and we knew what we were doing. It was planned. And so when I went down on Greenwood, because I heard that back to blue and these folks were wanting to take up the mural, the Black Lives Matter mural, yeah. yep. <laughs> guess what? I didn't really have a strategy. I just wanted to go and start some good trouble. And I made these makeshift tombstones. I, was, I didn't know for sure whose idea that was. <laughs> that so was we know. <laughs> Thank you confirming that yeah well the deal was it was very offensive and insulting to my family to even assert that this message black lives matter is an indictment on on blue lives. law enforcement as a whole we're not anti-cop we're anti-bad cop we're anti-injustice and so i wanted for them to know that all of these names you know and, and all of the names that were killed at the hands of the massacre we're still in this situation almost 100 years later. There's generational trauma in my family, in the Crutcher family. My great-grandmother, Rebecca Brown Crutcher, had to flee in fear of her life. Her barbecue pit was burnt down. Her community was burnt down. And, and I often wonder what she was thinking having to run. Helicopters, not helicopters, but airplanes dropping turpentine bombs and and. and you know, watching people get killed around her. And then I often wonder what Terrence was thinking in the last minute of his life. Helicopters looming, police officers chasing him. It's the same thing, the same police department, Tulsa Police Department that burned down Black Wall Street. It's the same police department that killed my twin brother. The culture hasn't changed and we got a lot of work to do. And so I wanted for that to be a teachable moment. These people who don't even cross those tracks on Archer, who don't support the black businesses in this community, you're gonna tell us we have to take up a message that's right. near and dear to our heart, this community, um, that's culturally appropriate because you don't like it. And it's, I mean, it's pretty I, much I, saying stay in your place. That's what they're trying to tell us. All of my heroes are gone. Talk about some big shoes to fill when you wanna live long. I just wanna make it home. 
If you wanna be a king, better learn how to sit up on that throne. I was pleased with my rights. I made peace with my wrongs. Couple bags that I couldn't carry on. Leave the past in the past. Take the good with the bad. Live your life, but you gotta transform. Idle time got the best of me. Got me second guessing me. Now my family and all my friends, they be questioning. About my well-being, where you been? You ain't texting me. I was in the funk like the 70s. Parliament, a part of me is trying to find a recipe. The other half don't want to eat. Feeding off sympathy. Hold up, hold up. I had to dig deep beneath the surface. That's when I found myself. I had to find purpose. some motivation beneath the ash. I had to find my inspiration beneath the ash. I can't be sitting on my ass letting time pass. I know you in a dark place. You just have to sprout. I had to find some motivation beneath the ash. I had to find some inspiration beneath the ash. I had to find my inner greatness beneath the ash. I know you in a dark place. You just have to sprout. I had to find some motivation beneath the ash. I really like the way. Greg responded. I'm, and first of all, let me say Greg Robinson, the second son of a civil rights leader as well. Like that was the one thing that we got from his interview. I was like, I had no idea that you're all this information about him that we learned in our interview with him. Um, but he responded on Instagram and it was so eloquent. And so it just was everything that I felt we Tulsans needed to hear. Um, and I, I'm not even going to be able to do it justice right now. So I'm not even going to try. Go look at Greg's Instagram post about the big blue line through the Black mm -hmm. Lives Matter mural. And it was, mm -hmm. it, it was perfect. Everything that he said was like, that's exactly what we need. We need some, where can we meet? How can we meet in the middle? How do we fix this? There are so many times that I even feel personally in situations where I'm like, I feel like I'm, I'm the glue in a situation. I got some sibling rivalry going on, even in the hip hop community. I think that's why they call me Mama Tulsa. <laughs> but I'm just saying he, he gave me that comforting, like, yes, how do we do that? How can we fix this? How do we work together? And so now we've got all these people that are fired up and, and more engaged in local politics uh, because of the campaign that you ran. And we just, first of all, want to thank you for being a catalyst for that. Very much so. Thank you. Um, thank you. And, and we hope that we are able to make, uh, you know, more steps forward. So. We'll absolutely. Absolutely. It's all about building political power and, um, you know, Greg's expertise and uh, his ability to to lead and organize as, as well. I mean, he was a political organizer. This is what he did for Barack Obama, for Hillary Clinton. And, and so it was just easy. And again, it built on the work that we have been doing for the last four years. And so for us, it was just what we called a direct action, a protest for 76 days, you know, putting that pressure on GT, making him get out there and work for it you know, making him get out there and hold out signs. This is what we do every day we get up and put our, our feet on the ground. We push this city to, to do better and, and be better because we deserve better. And so, um, yeah, we had to lick our wounds for a few days and because um, we worked really hard, but we, we have no regrets. All is well with our souls. And um, we just built a little bit more power and uh, we're going to keep doing what we're doing, but we do have so much more work to do. Um, yeah. to even get to a, a place where, where a lot of us, where, where we can have a seat at the table. Because I mean, if you look at these tables, if you look at these boards, mm -hmm. if you look at the city of Tulsa, we're not represented. You know, even with the COVID-19 pandemic, when, when GT put together this emergency task force, he left some people out of, out of that task force. He left people of color. You know, mm -hmm. there's black nonprofits. You know, there's a, a black city councilor 
there's black salon owners who care about their business. And so, you know, you know, sometimes we're tone deaf and we have to call him on that. And so um, we need representation and we need it bad in this city. And I feel that it would be shameful um, for us to, to, to pick up this mural or, or remove it when we're planning a multi-million dollar commemoration, you know, for the centennial. Mm -hmm. We will be known as the most racist city in Tulsa if that mural is removed. And, and please note that it's not about the yellow paint for me. <laughs> it, I mean, it's not even close. Well, I have to say, I saw mixed responses to that. And I, um, a few of the responses I saw, um, you know, I would say they were Facebook friends, but some of them were my own personal friends. And she said, why did you paint it on Greenwood? We know our lives matter. Like she was almost offended. And, I, and then other people was like, well, why didn't they say paint it as a uh, black Wall Street? Just paint, paint the words black, you know, all these different opinions and thoughts. And I, I but I, I heard her when she said that, like, she's right. Why is it on, you know what I mean? Like, I would, I love seeing it there. However, that's everybody not where it needs is, to be seen. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody is entitled to, to their opinion, but I believe that lived experiences trump everybody's opinion. You know what I mean? All day long, again, it's not about where it is. It's really not about the yellow paint for me. It's about the message and how people twist the message, how racism and white supremacy, I don't care if it was out South, they were still going to come for us. Right. They were still going to fight it. I'm, I'm fighting the system. And that's what we have to understand. And yeah. so what these people are doing, they're telling us, you can't do that. Get in your place, yeah. you know? And so that's yeah. the point. Forget where the message is. We can paint Greenwood the way we want it. We can put uh, historical markers all around and have murals. That's what art is all about. Art tells a story. And, and this I'm gonna, art- I'm gonna say it again, like paint it everywhere. Paint it on the roads, paint it on the walls of any <laughs> institution that devalues our lives. Right. Like, paint, it, paint it on the roads to those institutions. It's like the Romans when there was upheaval. I'm gonna say it again there was writing all over the walls before Rome started burning. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like that's exactly mm -hmm. the situation that we're in. Write it up <laughs> everywhere. See, and I feel like I need to come in with the, the description of it. That doesn't mean that all lives don't matter. We're just saying that these lives need more. Like I'm, I'm feeling that, that glue situation again. I made a comment to somebody one time, like, I am the railroad tracks. Like, I feel like I'm right in the middle. Like, okay, but let me step on this side and be like, listen, this is not what they're saying. You know what I mean? Like, it, that is not what Black Lives Matter means. It doesn't mean just that. It does not mean that all lives don't matter. We're just saying, can you see what's been happening for, I don't know, hundreds of years? Hundreds. Well, they just don't want to see. There's an analogy um, that helps some children understand this whole Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter argument, uh, which is silly to me. So uh, you live in, let's just say, Utica Square, those big, beautiful mansions. And let's just say one of those homes catches fire. And if you don't put that fire out in that home, guess what? The entire neighborhood may catch fire. So I'm a homeowner, my house is on fire. I'm coming out the door, I'm saying to the fire department, help me, help me. My house is on fire. We need you to help us put it out. And let's just say, Doc, he's my neighbor. He comes out. Well, why are you spraying that house? Why are you paying attention to that house? You know, I want you to water my flowers. I, I want a little water. Your house isn't burning right now. My house is burning. My house needs attending to. 
And mm -hmm. right now we're in a state of emergency as it relates to being black in America and we need some help. Yeah. We need these laws to change. We're on fire. And we mm -hmm. need the fire to be put out. That's what it's all about. It's not about your house right now. It's not mm -hmm. about your community right now. If you look at those railroad tracks that, that you're talking about, Allie, those railroad tracks still symbolize the same thing. That's the racial yes. divide. All you have to do is open up your eyes and see that we live in a food desert in North Tulsa. Yes. All you have to do is open up your eyes and see that there's blight everywhere, that there's no educational resources. Come on now. Yeah. And then you oh, yeah. go across those tracks, Arts District, Blue Dome District, Utica Square, 71st and Memorial, nice yeah. schools. Right. Now, Crazy you know, a huge highway. A huge highway separating both of them. Huge highway. It's like they, they built the highway through to also prove, to, to make that point of like, we don't <laughs> want this to rebuild. We need to set up this divide. Right. And, yeah, and it extends even also in a bit into West Tulsa too, Northwest Tulsa. Absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're on point. And so right now, North Tulsa, West Tulsa, we're on fire. Yeah, and, and as rightfully so. And I, I feel, I started getting a lot of messages. Um, how, how do we help, you know, I'll say people who look more like me. Um, I sometimes have to remind people I'm a white woman, by the way. Uh, and I had a man uh, send me a message that said, um, you know, thank you so much I've, I've, for, you know, being supportive or whatever. I feel like you, uh, you don't just talk the talk, you walk the walk. And I said, well, first of all, you know, I don't know if you realize this or not. My daughter, I'm raising a biracial child. She's not really a child anymore. She's a young adult. But mm -hmm. I said, but it's not about that. Her family is my family. And I said, this is about humanity, period. Mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the mistreatment of human beings. That's what this is about. And so the, what I wanted to ask you is, do you, have you seen more of a shift in the, the allies? Do you feel that it's improving enough, uh, I should say? Um, well, you know, I do see a shift. I do see people stepping up more, coming out more publicly. I know um, prior to George Floyd, I would, ask folks, would you come and speak? Would you sign on to this petition? And they would give me the runaround because they didn't want to stand with me publicly, but they would consult me privately. And, uh, you know, that bothered me. Um, but after George Floyd, I did see attitude shift. And I mean, some powerful people in the city called me. Um, they were on Brookside, laying on the ground, doing die-ins, shutting down the highway with me. And uh, I think enough was enough. And, and they realized that this isn't isolated. Right. This is, th these are issues that truly need to be addressed. And, and I got calls from the superintendent, Dr. Gish, and, and from mm. folks from Kaiser saying, guess what? I promise you we're gonna do better. I promise mm. you. And, and, and so I do see um, the shift and the pivots taking place with, with our white allies and and people just wanting to learn, you know? And yeah, when yeah. people ask me as a, a white person, ask me, Dr. Crutcher, tell us what to do. You know, I kind of get a little irritated because like I have to carry all these burdens and now I have to tell yeah. you it, how to tell your people not to be racist. Yes. It's like basic human rights kind of thing. Just follow <laughs> those basic human rights laws that you would apply to anyone else it looks like you or right. is fair skinned. That's, that's I, all you have to do. I will do. say um, some of the, the people that were approaching me 
are definitely not in that category. It was really more of a, I just want to be mindful of how I say things. Um, and I just want to make sure, what, what do we do? Where do we start? And I said, well, let's start with a conversation. True. Mm -hmm. It's very simple. Let's just talk. Mm -hmm. And if it's someone like is the, offended the by what you think, Yes. And it's like, if someone is offended by what you said, they have the opportunity right then to say, maybe you should word it like this, you know, and they might even pop off for a minute because you need to understand this is a hurt that's been there for a very long period of time. So be patient, be kind, be loving and, and embrace. Yeah. Hurt. And we call those compassionate call outs. They're compassionate call outs because yes. you don't know what you don't know. And, and I do applaud and I'm grateful for for, for those those allies uh, wanting to have the difficult conversations, I would suggest that they get over to Fulton Street Coffee and Books. Oh, oh, Nika yes, yes, space. yes. Um, and and she has this ally box where she's recommending books um, for for white people to help them how to be better allies. Books like yeah. White Fragility and How to Be an Anti Racist and That's one of my faves. Yeah, you know, uh, and so that's where you start. And some of those books are uncomfortable. I had white friends say, I just had to put it down, Dr. Crutcher. And, and so, you know, you're right, Allie. It's about just first and foremost having the conversation. And I don't expect for, let's just say, Allie, you get it. You're woke. Um, somebody else, they may have to just start basic level. They may write a postcard to the mayor. Nobody's gonna catch me slipping. Yeah, yeah. We ain't worried about much, we chillin'. Yeah, yeah. You stressin' about who you trippin'. Yeah, yeah. Ain't nobody gonna stop my mission. Yeah, yeah. Ain't nobody's gonna catch me yeah. slippin'. Yeah, yeah. We ain't worried about much, we chillin'. Yeah, yeah. Nah, all about my bucks, fresh laid in the cut. Just a big bad dude, rest in peace, Harris Crush. We was ghetto, so what? Ten kids in a truck, headed down the highway. It was dangerous as fuck, but my uncles didn't care. They was throwing back beers in the bed of the truck, wind blowing in our ear. Had to lay down flat if we seen the police. Yeah, bang a gap band with the spurs on our feet. Back in the days, boys couldn't see me. Had the gold in the street, playing three on three. Oh, look, goes fronting. So I, I absolutely agree with you about Fulton Street Bookstore. I haven't even made it there. Um, I'm, I'm wanting to go visit because I know our good friend Alex Taman, he painted that beautiful mural outside mm -hmm. and, he was alone and these prominent female figures, uh, black women. Um, yeah. And Frida Kahlo. And, um, but I, I wanted to touch on something where you said, and I feel like you said, like you have to, I forgot how you said it. It's basically like, like you're gently checking someone. Like if I said- Compassionate call out. Compassionate call out. Call out. Uh -huh. Thank you. I was trying to write it down. I couldn't get it quickly. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about compassionate call outs and being woke. These are the two talks I want to touch on really quick. Um, first of all, I feel like I got a compassionate call out the day the verdict came down uh, um, about Betty Shelby. And I posted something on Facebook that said, I love you, Tulsa. And that's all I said. And a couple of people were like, what the, what? And I think they took it like, I love you, 
the decision that was made, you know, they, they just read it wrong. And you, you, we all know that this can happen in -hmm. social media, text messaging. If you don't have a tone behind it, if Mm -hmm. I would have said, I love you Tulsa. If I would have said it with my voice and whatever, maybe they would have heard what I meant. And I literally Mm -hmm. had a couple of, you know, Facebook friends and one friend in particular, they just kind of lost it. And I, of course was like, Oh no, 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 no. That's not at all what I meant. What I meant was my heart breaks for you, Tulsa. Like, I, what, what do we do now? You know? Uh, and then when you were, and I just wanted to share that because I think it's necessary about the compassionate call outs. Um, and then I also wanted to say, when you said that about being woke, I remember my mom saying something at the dinner table one night, like, I know I'm, I don't know if she said I'm wake or woke, but we all went, what? <laughs> and I just thought, but we we knew that she meant what she said, like, because she is, she pays attention, you know, she's sending me, anyway, I'm not going to go into conversation <laughs> about my mama, but I was like, I'm glad that you said that because um, there are many times, even you saying that to me, I'm like, I'm not fully woke, Dr. Crutcher. There's still things that I need to learn as a white woman. I don't feel like I'm a hundred percent, but I do feel that I know maybe a little more than others. So my role in my life and my goal in life is like to teach them. That's why I said that about, I am the railroad tracks. Like I'm literally on both sides. So what can I do to help educate you? And then, oh, but you're too afraid to say something. Okay. Why are you afraid? Just say it. Like, let's have a conversation. So. Yeah. Those are definitely very, 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 very necessary. Um, I noticed like generationally, like you mentioned your grandmother, uh, Allie, we're not too far apart in age. Like I'm 37 now, but I noticed you like you're fighting programming. Your grandparents are fighting programming. I'm fighting programming. I grew up in the eighties and nineties, you know what I'm saying? But these kids now, the information is so readily at their fingertips where the, the veil is getting thinner and thinner over their eyes to where they can see. And so I shout out to the young folks. Cause like, if I ever saw like a reached group it's the generation that's come after me. Like, mm-hmm. like so many cats out there reaching out to support, to volunteer for Greg, uh, getting signs in, in, in yards and passing out flyers and just sharing any information they can on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh-huh. I watch generationally how this information passed in a local setting through all of us. So like really big shout out to the work that you and Greg have done to reaching our young folks. Like you reach the future. That's it. Change. Yeah. Yeah, And man, that's, that's powerful doc. Um, Because 12,000 additional people voted um, in this election cycle, um, this Mm -hmm. city's election cycle than they did last, you know, four years ago. And, and, and I have to give credit to, to Greg's campaign because that was the goal. Um, The goal uh, was to simply give people something to vote for, something that they could believe in. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we did just that. And, and of course, we didn't just target the young people. We targeted everybody. You know, everybody. of course, our loyal, yes. yeah, loyal voters. We wanted to make sure that we didn't leave uh, our elders behind, you know, our North Tolson's behind. You know, that's our base. And we ended with that base. We mm-hmm. went back around our last two days. We were back in the barbershops in North Tulsa saying, it's because of you, we are, you know what I mean? And so we made sure we had millennials doing their TikTok stuff. And um, we left, we, we, we no, no one behind. We, you know, we turned over all stones. 
Greg sat down with the local rappers of this city in the Skyline Mansion, and like mm-hmm. that's that's unprecedented. Like he went to street level leaders of this community, and that like irrevocably, like it, it shook me. It was like I saw in the the thread they were like, "Hey, Greg wants to, have to sit down with everybody." Like put it in the Far Out Africa uh, uh, thread, and I was just like, "Wow, no one's ever wanted to sit down with us." Right. Recognize like the reach like we could have kind of thing. So Ben. Like thousand times that, over, we thank y'all for being involved. Man, that's just that's just who Greg is, though. I mean, Greg is is that guy, and uh, he's someone uh, who will never forget where he's come from. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's why he came back home. You know, Terrence was killed a block from where he lived, and he took on my burden like it was his burden. You know, he took on Terrence's blood like that was his twin, like it was his blood, and. And, and and so that that's who he is. And over the last few years, that's what I had to do. You know, I'm Dr. Tiffany Crutcher. I have my own practice. I have a beautiful home in, in, in Alabama. And, and I've worked hard all of my life. You know, I haven't wanted for anything. Terrence's kids have mm-hmm. never wanted for anything. But what I had to do, Doc and Allie, is come back home, take off the blazer, take the doctor off of my name and get proximate to the people who are impacted the most. So I went and knocked doors in Comanche, Vernon Manor, mm-hmm. uh, Morning Star. I think they have different names now. And, you know, and the people started crying like, oh my gosh, you're you're here because they didn't get a chance to grieve with me. And and so they hugged on me. They, they loved me and said, man, you know, you're our sister, you're our family. Thank you for just taking a moment to hear us and listen because their voices have been ignored. And we would just go and just simply listen to, to how they felt, what they thought, you know, you know, what do you want to see for your community? And we got so much from, from, from the people. We, I mean, we took food, we took popsicles to the kids, we played ball, and it meant so much to that community. And uh, we had to start doing more of that. You know, sometimes we get a little too educated and, and we go and, and we live in a bubble and we get married and we get a house with a white picket fence and a dog and we forget about uh, the systemic oppression and racism um, mm-hmm. that's perpetuating uh, our communities. And, uh, and so it's- Part of the programming, it puts us in tunnel vision. Yeah, yeah. And so that that's who we are. And so we've been able to sit at all tables, but also make sure we leave no man behind. So we pull as we climb. You know, it's one thing to to uh, get to the next level, but you got to be willing to drop that rope, tie mm-hmm. a knot in the rope and tell people, just hold on, hold on. And as I climb, I'm going to pull you along until we can get you in a situation where you have upward mobility. And so with the foundation, Terrence Crutcher Foundation, uh, that's exactly what, what, what I'm working on um, this year. Uh, I'm hoping to... Um, uh, really push for economic mobility for all Tulsans uh, mm-hmm. and justice and, and, and create programs um, that, that, you know, just went away because of resources, because of greed, because of politicians, you know, because of profits. And so um, I- I'm looking forward in the next two weeks to making some big announcements. Uh, it will be the four year anniversary of Terrence's death. And this year um, we're calling it the year of impact. I know we've been in the middle of COVID. Uh, I know we've been down and out. I know it's been a terrible year, um, but we've still tried um, to, to, to make impact, you know, have an impact on, on the community. 
uh, even with this run. So um, hopefully Terrence's name will continue to invoke change and uh, that God will give me the strength to keep pushing uh, even when it gets hard. Well, and we want to ask you, how can people support the foundation? Uh, go to TerrenceCrutcherFoundation.com, uh, T-E-R-E-N-C-E Foundation.com. Donations are always welcome because this fight for justice isn't free. Um, but mm-hmm. also you can just volunteer, get involved. There's always something uh, to be done. We just finally, you know, we're building, uh, got office space uh, on Greenwood. So we're excited to uh, announce that in the next few weeks. Uh, we're on historic Greenwood. Uh, in the Greenwood Cultural Center. Uh, and so we're getting it built out and I may need nice. some artists to come, come and help me, you know, just build it out and just, you know, make it historic and make sure we tell Terrence's story, but not just his story, but his great grandmother's story and that we truly display because they may take it up off the street, but you come in the Greenwood Cultural Center and the Terrence Crutcher Foundation, you're going to see Black Lives Matter. You're going to see the names. You're going to see why this organization exist and uh hopefully we'll be doing some 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 major work and um so a lot of great things going on with the crutcher foundation oh we look forward to seeing that so that again is terrence crutcher foundation.com that's uh dot org dot org dot o-r-g t-e-r-e-n-c-e c-r-u-t-c-h-e-r foundation.org mm-hmm I had to make sure I spell it out because I want to make sure it's spelled correctly. <laughs> it's my radio girl in me. Forgive me. Um, so we, you talked earlier about, um, you know, you actually have an ancestor um, involved in the Tulsa race massacre. But do you remember, was there a time in your life, like at, at a certain age when you truly learned about it, like about how old you were? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, 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 again, shameful when I went off to college. Um, you know, people from Detroit, New York, D.C., they would ask, where are you from? And I would say Tulsa. And they would say, oh, Black Wall Street, the Tulsa race riot. And after the third time, you know, I played it off like, yeah, I'm from Black Wall Street. Didn't know what they were talking about. And uh, I came home and I said, Dad, what are they talking about? I've had several people from all around the nation talk about a race riot, talk about Black Wall Street. And that's when he told me what happened to his grandmother, um, and uh, they just never talked about it. When they did, they whispered because they were afraid that it would happen again, you know? And so white folks uh, said, don't ever talk about it. And uh, it was shameful because I played at Vernon AME Church on that playground, me and my brothers, because my mom and dad are pastors and musicians, and they would do workshops all the time, musical workshops. And we didn't know that we were on sacred land, bloodstained land. We didn't know we were playing on a crime scene because I went to Carver Middle School. I went to Booger T. Washington Mm -hmm. and not one iota about this in Oklahoma history. We learned about the Trail of Tears, which is important, Mm -hmm. um, but they didn't teach us. And so... Um, they didn't tell us that they brought their slaves with them on the Trail of Tears either. (laughs) They did not. They did not. (laughs) You are so right. And, um, and now uh, freedmen's, Black freedmen's um, mm-hmm. are fighting for, for their rights. You know, I mean, ra- I mean we can't catch a break as, as Black people uh, in this country. You know, every other race, they've received reparations, um, but not us. 
and uh, the mayor says that it would be too divisive. It would be too divisive. Now you tell me what's more divisive than inviting Donald Trump to come in the middle of a pandemic who spews rhetoric all day, every day, and that wasn't divisive? To quote so, and Greg, come on now. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he said too. Oh, Greg said that too? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said, come I mean, on now. It was a moment in the middle of the interview when he was like, come on now, and we both come on. Yeah, I can see his face segment. Come on, man. Yeah, he's so full come of passion. Now. But he's yeah. very, very divisive. It's, 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 it's like uh, everyone cut a deal when this country was scrapped and scrounged together, you know what I'm saying? But not everybody's deal was honored, you know? Right. And and we got the rawest deal. <laughs> and we just look, looking for a little honor on it. That's it. So yeah. Dr. Crutcher, do you see a path to reparations for the families of victims from the race massacre and what that possibly could look like? Can you? Absolutely, I do. It's very simple. Give us what's owed. I mean, everybody else has received it. I mean, you have people right now um, who have generational wealth because they robbed us of ours. They took our land. Um, so, so yeah, there's a pathway. I'll say stay tuned. Um, just just kind of have your ears open uh, first week in September, and uh, you'll see that pathway. Um, we're going to keep fighting. Um, mm -hmm. what's due us, what's owed to us. And uh, there's a lot of descendants uh, of some of uh, the survivors um, who want reparations and we want reparations now. And so um, I would say right now, go to justiceforgreenwood.com, I believe it is. And, and just hit like on that page on Facebook or go to the website. I think it's justiceforgreenwood.com. Attorney Demario Solomon Simmons talked about it at the Juneteenth. Um, mm -hmm. And so stay tuned uh, in just a few weeks or maybe coming up in a week or so um, that pathway to re reparations is, is so close yet so far, but we have to keep pushing. Yes, absolutely. And we will do, we will do our best to support you in that. Thank you Definitely so much. So. Thank so you so much. Let us, let us shift gears for a moment. We were talking about your self-care and now I think I'm going to, I'm going to be one of your self-care accountability buddies. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure you're scheduling your rest. Um, but I want to ask you, what music, because this could be a part of your self-care, what music do you find in inspiring? And do you have any like local artists that you listen to? But what primarily, what music do you find inspiring? Well, I was raised on gospel music. Um, and so that's my heart. That's my love. That's what Terrence loved. He was a gospel singer. Uh, my parents are gospel musicians. My dad is probably one of the baddest organists in town. So all the, 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 musicians ask him about Reverend Joey Crutcher. He was inducted into the Oklahoma Jazz Hall of Fame, uh, one of the first Chris, inductees. Yeah. Chris Walker told me, Chris Walker, Boogie, he, he used to talk about it. That's like, that's my hip hop OG. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and ask O'Malley B. They'll yeah, O'Malley B, you know too, yeah. yeah. And, and my oldest brother, Joey Crutcher, Lil Joey um, was, was one of the baddest too. He died of stage four colon cancer at the age of 44. Uh, less than two years before Terrence uh, was killed. So our family, we've been through a lot. So, um, you know, I love Kirk Franklin, John P. Key. Um, I, I love like neo soul type of music. Uh, you know, I love Jay-Z. Um, 
Who are some of your favorite neo soul artists? Go back for a minute. Kim, like Kim. And uh, so he's one of my favorites, Kim. I love so Kim. I, yeah. And I love Uncle Charlie Wilson. <laughs> Uncle Charlie, my mom went to high school with him. Um, so, so, so yeah. And then I like a little jazz and, and um, so a little bit of everything. I just love music. Um, I, I don't care what it is, but I haven't been doing my best um, to stay up because this fight has consumed me. That's okay. I'll make you a playlist okay. and I'll just, you, are you on, whatever you prefer, Spotify, whatever you let me know. And then I'll make and, you a playlist and send it to you. And I'm going to send, I'm going to send some jazz, some jazz recommendations to add on that playlist. Okay. Some, okay. Some of that good, some of that good, feel good, self-care. <laughs> Bob James, pure awesome. imagination. You are awesome. And, that, and that's what you'll listen to when you're resting. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So we also wanted to talk to you about um, how do you feel about the role of hip hop in activism? Um, you know what I think is uh, very important right now. I've teamed up with Rock Nation uh, and Jay-Z and um, the platforms um, that, that, that hip hop has is, I mean, it, it reaches the people, the masses. I mean, white kids love hip hop. Mm -hmm. You know, they buy more hip hop than black kids, believe it or not. And so, sure. uh, so I believe that the role is vital, it's necessary, um, and that uh, more artists should be using their platforms. And, and that's why I'm so excited about Fire and Little Africa and, and what you all have done and and uh, what's gonna happen with this this album that's gonna come out next year and how you turn Greenwood Cultural Center into a studio and uh, <laughs> you turn negatives into positives and turn that Brady Mansion into to, to another type of mansion and you have a curriculum. You know, yeah. that's what it's all about. You have to reach the people and Martin Luther King said it best, every generation has a responsibility to address the needs of its time. And so if that's hip hop and hip hop stands way back, you know what I mean? But, you know, uh, everybody has their hip hop of today, just like like racial terror violence. You know, back then it was lynching. Today is police brutality. Yeah. And so every generation has their own spaces. And so uh, we need our hip hop artists. You know, we need you all in this fight. We need to collaborate more um, because you know, we're not monolithic, you know, this fight mm -hmm. isn't monolithic. And so if, if, if you reach me as an artist, um, then so be it. You know, if you reach me as a gospel singer, so be it. You know, if, if a white ally is going to reach other white people, so be it. And so we have to stop boxing ourselves in because we're beautiful. We're different. We come from all over um, uh, the world in Greenwood. When you think about Black Wall Street, 10,000 people were displaced all over this country and so Greenwood Black Wall Street spans across state lines and so uh, we have to tap into the greatness that's inside of all of us and and so I'm all about the hip-hop movement uh, especially collaborating with social justice so whatever I can do um, uh, to collab with you all um, hey we need a little energy with the Terrence Crutcher Foundation a little swag yeah whatever you love that <laughs> you saying that just now just really struck a chord with me about there were 10,000 people who were dispersed, you know, throughout the, after the massacre. And it's got me thinking along the line. We always ask this question on every episode. Oh, I'm sorry. It's just hit me in my heart. Like, wow. Just to think about that for a minute. Tulsa is everywhere. Um, everywhere. It is. Tulsa is, and I see us in there. 
take out the T and the L and the A. It's us. Mm-hmm. We, it's in it's in Tulsa. But we wanted to ask you the phrase, the question that we ask all of our guests. What does everything is us mean to you? Everything is us. Hmm. What does everything is us mean? And let me first preface that with just a little bit. It's a phrase that um, you'll hear repeated quite often throughout this project and has been in the hip hop community for several years now. Well, um, you know, I would say that everything is us um, because everything started with us. Everything started with, with, with I think, black and brown people. Um, um, uh, this country was built off the backs of, of, of black people. I believe that hip hop has been culturally appropriated um, from other people. And so when, when, when you say everything is us, we're in everything, we're in every space. You can't get away um, from the beauty of blackness uh, in this country. And then, you know, it's just not about just, just, just black, but you know, Ali, man, you've been an ally for years. Like if you look at my coalitions uh, of, of people within this, this activism space, I mean, it's diverse, it's diverse. Mm-hmm. When you talk about the campaign of we that we just ran, it was inclusive. Probably one of the most inclusive campaigns we 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 we've seen in the history of Oklahoma. And so, um, sure. everything everything is us, and it's going to take all of us um, to continue to wake up every day and chop down the trees of white supremacy where they think they're the supreme beings. We're supreme, you know. This everything is us. That's what supreme. The fact that we we come in all different shades, shapes, sizes. Uh, we all have our different expertises and our skill sets. So everything is us if we just embrace it. And so I don't know if that answers your question, but uh, absolutely, I'll probably have another answer for you in the morning when I meditate on it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be looking forward to your Facebook post. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Crutcher, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like to share with us? Uh, you know, um, just. Uh, I think Doc hit on it earlier about being solution oriented, you know, always try to look toward the solutions because every day we wake up, we're going to look in the mirror. And when we look in that mirror, we're going to see two things. We're either going to see the problem or the solution. Guess what? We get to decide. We get to decide. And so I've decided uh, to be a part of the solution and, and continue to make my community better. And uh, if, uh, you all want to reach out to me, work with me, um, please reach out, you know, just go to my Facebook page or go to TerrenceCrutcherFoundation.org. I look forward to seeing you all here on Black Wall Street. Uh, and uh, let's make magic together. I mean, let's build this community back up to, 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 to the greatness that it once was. It, it, it was thriving. We didn't want for anything. And I do believe that we still have that same spirit that our ancestors once possessed, uh, but we got to be about the solutions. And that's what what I'm about. And uh, that's what the Crutcher Foundation is about. So thank you so much for having me. Uh, It's been an honor. And uh, I love you. The honor is ours. It's an honor and a privilege to talk to you today. I've actually been looking forward to this for a very long time. Anyway, I I was telling uh, Chris, our producer earlier, 
when I first met you, it was at the gathering place when Ricky Smiley and the crew was here and I saw you and you, you saw, you saw me for Allie. And I, I looked at you like, I've been wanting to meet you. And I'm looking at you like, you don't want to meet me. Like, <laughs> oh, give me a hug. Like, I just, yeah. I, um, I, I just remember um, looking at you and thinking, how does she do it? You know, every day, like, how does she get up? And I'm, thank you for sharing with um, our audience, you know, how you're doing that by, I'm going to repeat some of the things you said, you feed your mind, you starve your doubts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, through, you know, this, this entire fight, you've gone from pain to purpose. You're trying to make every, make them hear you, your journey to justice. Mm-hmm. Justice is upward mo- mobility for all. We pull as we climb. Mm-hmm. Um, you have made a tremendous impact on so many of our lives. And I, I hate that it, um, you had to uh, experience a tremendous loss in order for that to happen. And especially the added, I have some very dear friends of mine who are twins and I couldn't imagine what it would feel like for one of them to lose their sibling. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm a, you mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And um, Doc always likes to collect my mama Tulsa tears. So I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> But uh, Doc, is there anything that you want to say before we wrap things up? I just to piggyback on the thank yous and congratulations. Like I haven't like felt so proud to be involved in our political system as like in in a local sense. You know, like my auntie is Judy Easton McIntyre. You know. Yes. Yes. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's 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 my that's my auntie auntie. Uh, that's like uh, my grandfather's wife's daughter, but she's been in my 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 life my whole life. But like as far as like a political figure that I can identify with, that's the only person I've known, you know. So mm-hmm. like having you all put as much time and effort to reach your community and reach out to the rest of Tulsa, like like thank you, like you have galvanized. I've walked around here with my anarchist hat on like for the longest time, and it was like after the the interview with Greg, I was just like. Like I can't, I can't wear that hat. I gotta be the change I want to see to like put out a cliche f- uh, phrase. But they say like y'all, y'all put that in me, that feeling that Aunt Judy used to give me. You know, like watching mm-hmm. her her thing. So I appreciate y'all very much. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Thank you so much. So um, on behalf of the Fire and Little Africa podcast, we want to remind you to be the spark, protect your flame, and pass the torch. All right, Dr. Crutcher, before we leave, being the radio girl that I am, I wanted to make sure we dedicated a song to you today uh, because your tremendous strength um, is something that we all respect, love, and admire about you. So without further ado, let's get into O'Malley B's Find That Strength. Thickness 
smoke The sinkings of ocean said hold on, don't let me go Said it wasn't all.